talking too much And it's not easy, babe, to hear your side So can I come home? It's cold tonight Please don't leave me here Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend. Jalen Hunter, and if you do me a favor, please subscribe to if you're listening, please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Let me first start this episode how I feel most media outlets should have started their episodes or their shows yesterday, and that is congratulating the Vegas Aces for winning the WNBA Finals. Look here, I understand that, you know, it's it's football season i understand that it's week two of the nfl season i I get that but as media outlets i feel that we and and i guess you can say that this is a media outlet I, i i feel that we have an obligation to lift up sports yes i understand the ratings are big when it comes to football and even if you didn't want to start your episode or start your show off with wnba at least respect the wnba finals because a lot of media outlets, some media outlets that I work for, some media that I don't, I don't feel like they gave it the proper attention that it needs. Again, you don't have to start your episode with it, but I feel respect the WNBA finals the same way you respect the NBA finals, the same way you respect the Super Bowl, the same way you respect the NHL uh, final or Stanley Cup, the same way that you respect the MLB uh, MLB championship. The fact that a lot of people don't even know that the Vegas Aces just won the WNBA Finals is a disservice, in my opinion, to media, sports media. Let's say sports media. Because these, I mean, again, I understand shows are about ratings. I get that. I get that wholeheartedly. But it doesn't, and, and I wouldn't be upset if you don't, if you started yesterday's or you started any to any episode uh, you know, after Sunday about football, I get that, but at least respect the, uh, at least give the WNBA is proper respect. Cause that's how I feel. So we talk about, you know, how we can grow something. And to me, it's a collective effort. Yes. I understand. I don't feel the marketing department for the WNBA does the best job, uh, as far as, or scheduling or whatever it is. I mean, I don't think they do the greatest of jobs, but I do think that it's a collective effort. Just like they say it takes a community to raise a child. I think that it takes a, as, as sports media, you have an obligation. If if it's a legit sport, I feel you have an obligation to talk about it. Doesn't, doesn't mean you have to talk about it for long. But to go a whole day, a whole two days, and not even address that a team just won a finals in their respective sport is crazy to me. That's that's crazy, man. I know I feel like I'm starting this on a rant, but that it's just it it doesn't it's not it's not cohesive to your you say that you people say that they're sports fans and people say that they want to talk about sports yet and still when we have a champion, whether you could like WNBA or whether you can like basketball or not, whether you can like the WNBA or not, that doesn't mean you don't address it. That doesn't mean you don't acknowledge it. And I, I know, yeah, I'm, I'm ranting at this point, but to, to sit and watch media outlet after media outlet not even address 
the WNBA Finals is crazy. Again, you don't have to watch it, but I feel if you're a sports media outlet, you have an obligation to at least tell your audience, "Ayo, there was just a champion that was uh, a champion that was birthed." You know what I'm saying? A champion that was that was crowned. That's all I'm saying, man. That's all I'm saying. John, you know, that's all I'm saying. But let's let's get right. Congratulations to the Vegas Aces for winning the WNBA Finals. This was a a, a special year for the Aces in general. With the, you had Becky Hammond, her first time coaching. Uh, you had Asia Wilson, the second player to win not only a final uh, an MVP, a Defensive Player of the Year, but also win the final. Cheryl Swoops did it, I believe, in two thousand two. Um, Jackie Young won Most Improved Player. What was it? Yeah, most improved player. And now you have Chelsea Gray, who won uh, the finals MVP. This was this was one of the best, best seasons for a team that you can imagine. Uh, they also won the sta- uh, Commissioner's Cup. It, it was it was kind of bound for the Vegas Aces to win. When you, you have arguably the best player in in the sport in Asia Wilson, you have a player that knows how to win in big games and championship games in Chelsea Gray. You had Kelsey Plum, who has a remarkable story from come from injury and the three on three USA to then to come back. And it's, it's Becky Hammond being the first coach, I think ever to win your first year as a coach. And he, she also came back to the team. Well, of course has been relocated, but came back to the team that she played for. It was just it was just bound for the Vegas Aces and the and the crazy thing is man um all of these players are under contract so they will be here next year it's it's it was it was destined for them man I I said on this podcast how Asia Wilson will go down as one of the greatest basketball greatest women's basketball players ever and she continues to add to her resume Chelsea Gray will go down as one of the best. She's again Finals MVP, I think two-time champion at this point. And and I do want to give credit. Shouts out to the Connecticut Sun, uh, Alessa Thomas. She became the first player in WNBA history not only to have two back-to-back uh, triple doubles in the WNBA Finals, but first player ever to have back-to-back triple doubles. She, I. I <laughs> I went to the game, so I went to game five. I went to game four, game four, the one that they they won it all. The Vegas Aces won it all. And watching Alyssa Thomas, I was just like, and I said to a friend that I was with, I'm like, yo, she is, she is a better version of Patrick Beverly. <laughs> like that's just how it is. She scraps, she does all the little things, even though she shoots with one hand. Like it, it's, and. Talking about the Connecticut Sun, they're talking about. So they've been knocking on the door for the longest. They've been knocking on the door for the past few years now, and you you ask yourself what has to change, because you keep knocking on the door, but that's not. But you never break through. I mean, you went to the WNBA Finals. I think you went to the WNBA Finals like two years ago. I. I know that they lost the WMA Finals to the Washington Mystics, I believe, in 2019. And it's like, you keep... You, the team is good. Dewana Bonner, John Quell Jones, uh, Alyssa Thomas. Like, it's a good team. 
it's just that's why I think now I'm not I'm never really for unless it's like a toxic environment. I'm never really for firing a coach. Like at the end of the day, the coach ain't playing your play. But sometimes it is true that you lose the locker room as far as they stop listening. Like you, you lose the air when you hear someone for so long. Sometimes you could lose a locker room. Now that's not always the case, but I just think I, I think that there's going to be there has to be changes for the Connecticut Sun because you can't keep getting there and you can't keep knocking on the door on the precipice of winning and you don't like. Especially when you have a reigning MVP or a, a former MVP now in, in John Quill Jones. You have Bria Jones, who uh, Maryland product, by the way. I think she won six, six women of the year. Like, I don't know, man. It's, but I do want to congratulate the Vegas Aces. I feel, I feel they're going to be back. I feel they're going to – this could be, the, I think, first team since uh, – Cheryl swoops in the comments. I believe I could be wrong, but one of the one of the few teams to go back to back. When you have all the pieces, you have all the players. They're just gonna get better. Asia Wilson is Asia Wilson. Uh, Chelsea Gray is Chelsea Gray. Jackie Young. I think she's gonna get better after winning the most improved. I think she. It's and let me let me also let me also attack a point that I've heard since. The Vegas Aces won the, the finals. Let's not get it twisted. And let's not get it confused here. Becky Hammond is good enough to coach men's basketball. You can't tell me the coaching job that you saw her do for the for the WNBA and also what she did for the G League. I mean, yeah, she did she was like coaching at least a lot of summer league games for the Spurs. You can't tell me that she's not good enough to be a NBA coach. You see, I know that there's a stigma that the reason why women can't coach men is because men don't res- or they feel a male won't respect a woman's out or woman's output or a woman's views on something that they don't do, i.e. play men's basketball. But it doesn't matter whether you're a man, whether you're a woman. If you know the game of basketball and you can teach the game of basketball and you can explain the game of basketball and you can scheme the game of basketball then you can be a coach and as we've seen with Becky Hammond she was by far the best coach in the WNBA by far the best coach this year though yes I know I hear a lot of people look at the team she had she had what one, two, she had three former number one overall picks. Okay. You know who else had multiple number one overall picks on their team and didn't win? The Seattle Storm. Now, I'm not saying that's coaching. But what I'm saying is you can have a bunch of number one overall picks, but that doesn't automatically mean that you're going to win. You need to play. Seattle Storm had Brianna Stewart, who was arguably the best player in the league, uh, Sue Bird, and – a Jackie Young and Tina Charles and didn't win. 
Now, again, I'm not I'm not attributing that to coaching, but what I'm saying is that doesn't matter if you have a whole bunch of number ones. You have to put it together. Becky Hammond is one is the best coach in WNBA in the WNBA. It's not really close in my opinion. And she's good enough to coach men. Because if you can step into a step into an arena that you're that is your first time IE coaching a professional like an actual professional team and in the first year you win a championship like what are they going to say now the Vegas Aces this was their year they deserved everything that they had this year they deserved all the praise all the accolades Aja Wilson will, will, is one of I think it's 1A, 1B as far as the best players in the WNBA. I don't think it's really. I know John Quill Jones just won a, uh, or what was last year's MVP, but I think there's a gap between one and two and then like three and four. You can you can argue Elena Deladon. You can argue, uh, like I said, John Quill Jones. There's, there's a bunch of people that you can argue for it. Candace Parker still up there. But I just think that there's a clear cut number one and number two. And it's really like you can, no matter who you pick between one and two, I wouldn't be mad between Asia Wilson and Breonna Stewart. They're just, to me, that it's just a clear cut. Um, but again, congratulations to the Vegas Aces for uh, winning the WNBA championship. Shouts out to uh, Chelsea Gray for winning the finals or WNBA finals MVP. And... I'm sure we will see them again next year. So let's move forward. So week two of the NFL season has come and gone. Uh, we had we talked about the Thursday night football game between the Chargers and the Chiefs. Uh, and I'm going to break down everything that we saw from Sunday and Monday. Let's first talk. Let's start with the Ravens. Uh, the Dolphins came back and beat the Ravens, forty-two to thirty-eight. Something that I've been saying for for a while now, and people have been saying it, but Sunday it was it was not the the big the thing to me. They a lot of people say that the thing that's going to hold the Ravens back is Lamar Jackson's passing ability. And I've always pushed back and said, no, the thing that's going to hold the Ravens back is their defense. This isn't this isn't the Hall of Fame defense. This isn't the Ray Lewis, Ed Reed defense that we're used to. This defense is not good. Yeah, you have good individual names. Like, you have Marcus Peters. Yes, you have uh, Clayus Campbell. Yes, you have... Uh, Marlon Humphreys, they just got Kyle Hamil or Kyle Hamilton. And and let me not say their defensive front is okay. You know, Clay is Campbell and, and their their defensive front is okay, Patrick Queen. But their their secondary is poor. And as we've seen, one of the biggest knocks on the Ravens for the past few well, past what season and a half at this point is they cannot hold on to leads to save their life. The Ravens were up, what, 21 in the fourth quarter. And I think the Dolphins scored 28 points on them in a quarter. 
Lamar Jackson going crazy had like 119 yards rushing with like a two touchdowns and passed for like 300 yards and three touch and four touchdowns something like that. Lamar Jackson had one of his best games. Now the thing that did hurt them were you know third downs, and I'm not gonna just say it's all on the defense. The Ravens, I think they were like three for ten for third downs. They need to be better at third downs. That that just. But their defense, there's no way you can be up 21 in the fourth quarter and lose. And and for the people that's talking about the Dolphins, here's the thing, man. I I've had my questions and my critiques about Tua and I think those critiques are fair Tua doesn't have the strongest arm Tua is he's accurate but he's not always accurate sometimes you know a lot of the passes that we saw especially from quarters one to three he underthrew a lot he underthrew Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle a bunch of times now in the fourth quarter when they're butt naked open in the, you know, they just completely blow past the secondary multiple times. And, yeah, you're going to throw bombs. But I need to see more from Tua. I'm not going to – this team is a good team. The Dolphins is a good team. It's clear that they have by far the fastest wide receiver core. And, you know, they have a Gusecki at the, at the tight end position. Hey, look here, bro. If you don't know how to do a dance, don't do it. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that. But to me, this was more the Ravens losing it than the Dolphins winning it. And that's and that's no offense to the Dolphins. That's no but when your defense surrenders 28 points in the fourth quarter, that's a problem. Because momentum is a real thing. We talk about this before. Momentum is a real thing. And once a team has momentum, it's a wrap. <laughs> so Congratulations to the Dolphins for winning 42-38. I, I don't think that, you know, it's over with for the Ravens. It's just one and one. But I do think there will come games where they're, they're going to need to lean on their defense, and I don't think that they have the, pro- the the ability to do that. I just don't. So, um, but, yeah, Dolphins won 42-38. The Jets and Browns. Hey, bro, I was always one. To be like, why is it that you just don't score? And what I mean by that is, you know, when when they're trying to burn clock, and like they'll run or they'll they'll almost score a touchdown, and then they'll slide last minute. And I'm always, I was always one of the people. I'm gonna admit, I was like, why don't you just score? You put seven more or six or seven more points on the board. Why not just score? The Browns and <laughs> and Jets showed me why you don't score. Shouts out to Damian Woody. Shouts out to Jeff Saturday, shouts out to Ryan Clark, shouts out to Dan Orlowski. They showed Marcus Spears. They showed me why Mina Kynes. They showed me why at that moment. And they they broke it down to me. So the most important thing is, of course, burning clock. I I I didn't realize that. I was thinking, no, the most important thing is putting on points, because even if they score, you know, it is no. The Jets beat the Browns 31 to 30. The Jets were down, what, two touchdowns with a minute and a half left with no timeouts. Scored on a Garrett Wilson uh, bomb, got an onside kick, scored again. 
won the game. Garrett Wilson might be the best rookie. Well, like he plays for a bad franchise, of course, in the Jets, and he doesn't have that good of a quarterback. But I see what a lot of people are talking about. Garrett Wilson might be the best wide receiver in this, you know, in the class between Olave and you know Drake London. Garrett Wilson might be him. But if you're the Browns, man, I, I'm. I don't. Mm. It's you don't lose a game like that. It's hard to lose a game like that. There's, do you know the probability of you winning a game? You're up two touchdowns. You're up. You're up two touchdowns with a minute and like, or with like two minutes left, and the other team does not have timeouts, and you're going against the Jets. Mm. And 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 the crazy thing about it is these games, like these early games for the Browns, were supposed to be get like like gimme games. Because their their schedule is only going to get harder, and then you don't want it to, you don't want to be below five hundred with Deshaun Watson coming, especially if you have, um, especially if you have uh, playoff aspirations. But shouts out to the Jets for beating the Browns, man. Sunday was a game was about comebacks. You saw the Dolphins and Ravens come back. You saw the Jets and Browns come back. There's another team that came back. The uh, I think the Panthers. Um, there was another team that came back. Oh, the Cardinals. We'll talk about them in a second. But yeah, game of comebacks. Let's actually talk about. Let's let's stay here. Let's talk about the Cardinals and the Raiders. The Cardinals came back and beat the Raiders twenty nine to twenty nine twenty three. Um. The Cardinals, well, nothing was going right. Like, absolutely nothing. Kyler Murray was looking terrible. The defense was looking terrible. Yeah, they had a couple of sacks. Uh, J.J. Watt, I know, had a sack, but it was just bad. And then it wasn't. And then the fourth quarter happened, and Kyler Murray started scampering everywhere, and Two-point conversions happened. Marquise Brown dropped another pass. I just I just wanted to point that out. A big pass at that, but they won. So, shouts out to the Cardinals. Um, I think there's a video of a dude, like, I know Kyler Murray embraced the crowd after he won, and, like, a dude slapped him in the face. So, I think there's, like, a investi- police investigation going on there. I don't think I, ha- I should have to tell somebody that you shouldn't uh, hit people. Um, that you don't know, especially someone that has nothing, you know, it's nothing to do with you, but <sighs> you know, going into this season, man, I, I, I was saying that the AFC West is by far the best division. And we talk about the Chargers, we talk about the Chiefs, we talk about the Broncos, and we talk about the Raiders. Sitting here today, it's very hard for me to... They're still the best division, but I don't think it's by far anymore, especially after what we're seeing from the Broncos and the the Raiders. The things that plague the Raiders for years now, which is the poor defense... Pen, bad penalties and offensive line play is 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 
rearing his ugly head early in the season, two games into the season. And one thing that I'm starting to see, and one of the biggest one of the biggest reasons why people question Derek Carr's Derek Carr's placement as far as quarterback ranking is because he forces a lot of stuff. And it's not just he forces it like he he looks no, he'll stare you down and launch it. Which caught, which puts in a lot of interception type situations. And I don't know what it was to have Devontae Adams, who is the best receiver, arguably the best receiver in the league, to two catches? And the, the defense, the the uh, the Cardinals defense wasn't that tough. And and I know Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro fumbled twice and had the ultimately game-ending fumble where it was a scoop and score. So bad for him, but... I don't... This, this game, I feel worse about... I don't feel good about either team. I don't feel good about the 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 Cardinals because they looked horrible week one against the Chiefs. But I was like, it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs, the Chiefs. And then you look and you for three quarters, three and a half quarters, you look terrible against the Raiders. And I also don't feel good about the Raiders because the Raiders didn't look good either. Even with all the, even with Darren Waller, even with Devontae Adams, even with Josh Jacobs, even with Derek Carr, they did not look good at all. So I don't feel good about any either of them teams, man. But congratulations to the chart uh, to the Cardinals for coming back and beating the Raiders twenty nine to twenty three. <laughs> the Lions beat the Commanders thirty six to twenty seven. Let me first say congratulations to the to the Lions. I told us the Lions are a good team. The Lions are a good team this year. They 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 made a lot of moves in the offseason. They paid a lot of money to boost their team. They have Aiden Hutchinson, who was the number one overall pick. It's a good team. The Lions no, actually not number one, number two overall pick. I'm sorry. I think Evan Neal is number one. Number two overall pick, the Lions. They're a good team. A really good team. Um, and I, I, I don't know if they're good enough as far as to make noise in the NFC North, but they're a good team. They're a good team. They play hard. They play for Dan Campbell. He's a good coach. Or he's a very uh, motivating coach, let's say that. I don't know if he's good or not. He's a very motivating coach. But the commanders. Oh, you know, the things that have been the problem for the commanders are still the problem. Uh, We're not... Carson Wentz is a, you know, for my 2K players, Carson Wentz would have the ultimate microwave uh, badge. For all my people that don't play 2K, the microwave badge is when Carson Wentz is hot and rolling, Carson Wentz is, is incredible. Carson Wentz is one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he's rolling. We've seen him look and walk out of a game with 400-plus yards. Like, when Carson Wentz is slicing and dicing, he is incredible. The ultimate microwave. And But when he is off, like he was on Sunday, boy, oh, boy, it is bad. He, 
he'll throw easy interceptions, easy interceptions, or he'll he'll sky he'll sky mail a pass over somebody's head like fifteen feet, and the dude be open, and he'll just launch that jump with no with no <laughs> with no freaking like pressure. He will sky mail the hell hella out of out of a ball, bro. Like, like, like you, yeah. As a fan watching TV, you'll go, "The hell was that going?" And boy, our secondary is still the commander. Secondary is still god awful. Jackson was getting exposed by Saint Man. And 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 was it Jack Del Rio? Mike Del Rio, whatever, Del Rio. It wouldn't hurt to be a little creative with your schemes. That's all I'm saying on that. But congratulations to the Lions for beating the Commanders 27, I mean 36 to 27. Yo, it is, I think... (laughs) I know it's two games in, but early in these two games, or early in this two-game season, the Colts have to be the most disappointing team. The Colts got shut out against the Jaguars uh, on Sunday, losing 24-0. Now, a lot of people didn't play. Let me first say that. Shaq Leonard didn't play. Uh, DeForest Buckner didn't play. A lot of people didn't play. A lot of important key people didn't play. I don't think Michael Pittman didn't play, which is their best wide receiver. I get that. But when you still have Jonathan Taylor and you bring in Matt Ryan, who a lot of people, including myself, thought could be an improvement from Carson Wentz, you would think that this team would look a lot better, especially two weeks in. And the two teams that you played were the Jaguars. And if if I'm not... Remember, if I remember this correctly, you played the Texans, two two of the arguably worst teams in the league, and you are zero one in one. Now I do want to see what they look like fully healthy, but even still, this team should be better than this. This team should not be one, zero one and one. This team should not be getting shut out by the Jaguars. Carson Wentz was a huge problem last year for the Colts as far as getting, you know, winning big games, winning games that you were supposed to win. Carson Wentz was a big problem. But now I'm starting to see Frank Wright might be a big problem too. Now, again, I, I, we need to see a lot of people were injured. I get that. I'm not, I'm not taking that away from a lot of people were injured. But it's the Jaguars and the Texans. The Texans, who I think PFF ranked the worst team in the league. NFL.com ranked them the worst team in the league. Bleacher Report ranked them the worst team in the league. And you tied with them. Oh, man. But shouts out to the Jaguars. And I will say this. The Jaguars are better this year. I'm not saying that they're good as far as, like, they're making noise, but they're better. They spent a lot of money on their defense. They got Evan Neal. They, they, they're good. They're just not 24-0 to beating the Colts that good. 
I don't th- I don't know. I will say though, um they got Trevor Lawrence looking pretty good. Pretty good. The Bucks beat the Saints 20 to 10. Um this is just yet another episode of the one of the best feuds in the NFL, which is the Bucks and the Saints or more specifically Mike Evans and Marshawn or um Marshawn Lattimore. Uh there was a, a huge scuffle, scuffle that was started, of course, by uh, uh, Tom Brady and Mike Evans. It was Marshawn Lattimore, Tom Brady were getting into it. Then Leonard Fournette came and like pushed Mike Evans or Lattimore. Lattimore kind of pushed him off. Mike Evans was already walking off, like he was already out of bounds. Came out, took a took a one eighty. Darted right to Lattimore and Lattimore and like shoved him down the ground. Then it started a whole scuffle. The aftermath is Mike Evans was suspended for a game. A lot of people are upset saying, why isn't Lattimore suspended for a game? I completely agree with them suspending Mike Evans because you escalated something. You were out of bounds. You were nowhere close. I Now, I will say this. I understand his rationale a bit. I understand Leonard Fournette. Tom Brady's your quarterback. You want to protect your quarterback at all times. I per- I understand. So I'm not saying, like, you shouldn't have done that. I'm not. But I, I get why he did it. And I, I understand if you do it 10 times out of 10, that's your quarterback. Protect the quarterback at all times. I get it. But I also understand why the league suspended him. Yo, <laughs> you were out of bounds. You can't. You turned around. Oh shoot, Tom Brady. Turn beelined to Marshawn Lattimore, something that had nothing to do with you, and you you pretty much tackled uh Marshawn Lattimore. I get it. I know that there there's beef between them two. I understand they really don't like each other. Both of these teams don't like each other. Tom Brady got his first win in, in the regular season against the Saints uh, on Sunday. I get it. Um but I, I understand why Marcus Lattimore and Leonard Fournette did what they did. I also understand why Marcus Lattimore is suspended for a game. I think one of the one of the bigger stories out of this game that's not really being talked about because of the whole scuffle is the fact that the Bucks do not look good. The Bucks' offense doesn't look good. Their defense is playing incredible. Todd Bowles has them playing. Argue they look like arguably the best defense in the league. That's like that's how good the Bucks look defensively. But offensively, the things that the things that we as fans, as media, the things that we were concerned about is exactly what we're seeing these first two weeks of the game. Uh, Chris Godwin's not completely healthy. Their their receiving core is not completely healthy. Their offensive line is getting is they did a pretty good job against the Saints, but they're not do they don't look good. They don't look in sync. They don't they don't look good at all. Tom Brady looks he looks a step slow on a lot of things like his reads and and Tom Brady didn't really get started until that whole scuffle happened against the Saints. Like it, it they just don't look good. Now, yeah, their defense is is A1, and their defense forced Jameis Winston to three horrible picks. Now, I'm not going to shoot no Jameis Winston Nobel. That's your MO. 
That's his MO. And that's not, I'm not saying that's like get over it. Like, no. That's your MO. You need to get better at protecting the ball. I will say that it is tough playing with, what, four fractures in his back, pain tolerance-wise, but can't throw three interceptions, bro. I do understand that I think Alvin Kamara not being there for the Saints definitely contribute to that, but you can't throw three interceptions, especially against the Bucks. So, um, congratulations to the Bucks for winning 20-10. to 10. Yet another week, yet another game where Baker Mayfield does not look good. The Giants, which is which started to, I think, I don't know in the last time. I don't think I was alive the last time the Giants were 2-0. I could be wrong. I don't know. But the Giants starting to – the Giants beat the Panthers 19-16. This really wasn't a good game all around. Uh, Christian McCaffrey didn't really do much. Saquon Barkley didn't do much. Daniel Jones did just enough. It, it, I'm not saying that they have buyer's remorse – uh, as far as the Panthers getting Baker Mayfield, but the Baker May, you're starting to understand why it was easy for the Browns to let him go, and you know we were saying, well, a lot of that is Baker Mayfield. You have a good offensive when he was with the Browns. You have a good offensive line. You have weapons. Jarvis Landry. You have had Odell Beckham Jr. You had a good defense. Denzel Ward. Newsom, Garrett, Miles Garrett, like you have a good core, uh, you have a good core, but why do you continue to lose these games? Why do you continue to underachieve? And what we're seeing is it was a lot of Baker Mayfield. You know, he's, he's very sporadic. He's kind of like a beefed up version of, um, Of uh no he's not he's like a poor man I kind of put him in the same category as Carson Wentz in a sense of Baker Mayfield is okay like when he's good he's good but he's not but when he's bad he's he's bad and the Panthers roster is not that bad you have good pieces DJ Moore Christian McCaffrey the offensive line's okay you have Robbie Anderson. And the Giants, you have you're going against Daniel Jones. It's, now their defense, Brian Dayball has 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 this team. The team just looks different, you know. Even though they're not the best, they just look they look different. Saquon Barkley looks like he has his, you know, he looks like the old Saquon Barkley. The defense is humming. Daniel Jones isn't that good, but he's not losing you games like he was a year ago. You know, congratulations to the Giants. Patriots beat the Steelers. This is more of the Steelers. I think that it's it's coming to a very a very close end of Mitch Trubisky as a starting quarterback. He just hasn't looked good. Mitch Trubisky has not looked good. He's been slowing his reads. Uh, he hasn't looked good. Now, remember, the Steelers do not have T.J. Watt on the defense side of the ball, which is huge. I told you that's that's like a that's like the the. Rams losing Aaron Donald. That's that's like the 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 Browns losing Miles Garrett. You're losing your best player. That's almost as much as losing an offensive player. As big as like if the Panthers lost Christian McCaffrey. Like the, T.J. Watt is that important to the Steelers team? But 
And the defense didn't look that good. But, man, it, Mr. Trubisky, bro, it, it's, it looks like it's coming to an end. It looks like it's coming to an end soon if you don't improve because this was a very winnable game. I mean, the Panther, the Patriots defense, I mean, Patriots offense, I'm sorry, isn't, wasn't that good this, uh, on Sunday either. It was just the Steelers weren't or were worse. So, congratulations to the Patriots for winning 17-14. to 14. The Rams beat the Falcons 31-27. to 27. I saw Jalen Ramsey talking about, you know, love him when they count me out and I'm him. Bro, y'all almost lost to arguably, well, a team that is very open about that they're tanking uh, in the Falcons. I The Rams just, to me, they haven't, they're still getting their feet under them. Uh, again, none of their starters play in the preseason, so, but, Matthew Stafford hasn't really looked good. He had a, he had a really I mean he Cooper Cup looks like Cooper Cup. <laughs> and I know he had a touchdown to Allen Robinson, but the Rams don't the Rams haven't looked good, you know, at all. But they won. So shout out to them. Let's park it here real quick. The 49ers beat the Seahawks 27 to 17. This was probably the biggest story of of the weekend. Trey Lance breaks his ankle, requires surgery, has successful surgery. He is now out for the season. My initial thoughts are this. Um, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with Dan Orlowski when he said, I'm concerned about Trey Lance's development. Because if you really think of it, in the last three to four years, he hasn't played that much football, let alone NFL football. And it's kind of it feels weird, man. It's kind of nasty when I'm seeing all these outlets and all and and a lot of players not happy that Trey Lance is hurt, but happy that they're that. Jimmy G is now the starting quarterback again. Let me remind people. Jimmy G, he's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. I think the last time a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, won a Super Bowl was what? The year um, the, the, the Broncos won against the Cam Newton and and the Panthers. Yeah, they had Peyton Manning. I'm not disrespecting Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning at that point of his career could barely throw the ball. They won because of their defense. At that at that point of his career, I think actually it was his last season. He wasn't a great quarterback. He was okay. But due to injuries, due to he just didn't have the arm strength, that wasn't the Peyton Manning of old. I don't want – you see, the, the NFL is a cold sport, bro. Sports in general is cold. Because here's what could happen. 49ers could go on and, and be very successful this year. They could make it to the NFC Championship. They could make it all the way to the Super Bowl. They could win the Super Bowl. 
And then people are going to look at Trey Lance and be like, what do we really need you for? And it's not his fault that he hasn't played much football. You see, you can't get much better at just observing. You have to do, especially when we talk about sports. I can watch Steph Curry highlights forever. If I don't put in the same work as Steph Curry, shoot the same amount of Steph Curry, then I'm never going to be anywhere close to as good as Steph Curry at anything. I just don't want, again, I, I don't want his development to, to, to be in jeopardy at this point because he doesn't, he's not going to play yet again. So that when he does play, if he does play again next year, it'll just be yet another, well, are they going to keep Jimmy G? What are they going to do with Trey Lance? Trey Lance isn't ready. Of course, Trey Lance isn't going to be ready because he doesn't play that much due to injury, due to, you know, having Jimmy G in front of him. He, does, he hasn't played that much. And it's it sucks. I think and I think the forty ers are better today as far as in the current situation. Yeah, I think they're better with Jimmy G than Trey Lance because Jimmy G has played more, he's ready. Trey Lance is more of a you know, you have to develop him. Colin Coward said it best. With Trey Lance, they're in development mode. With with Jimmy G, they're in win now mode. Because Jimmy G, is, he's done it. He's been there. He, he knows the scheme. He knows the system. They've been to the Super Bowl. They were a pass or two away from winning the Super Bowl. Trey Lance is more of a development. Like, no, he's not ready now. No, he's not going to lead you to a Super Bowl right now. But he could possibly be good enough to do that. So I, I wish nothing f- f- but the best for Trey Lance. It sucks that you got hurt. Um, and I, I do fear about his development and how that that comes along, seeing as though you're missing yet another year of your of your career, and he's already he already doesn't have that much football under his belt in the first place, college or NFL. So yeah, I feel bad, man. But shout out to the 49ers for winning twenty seven to seven. The Cowboys beat the Bengals 20 to 17. This to me was more about the Bengals losing than the Cowboys winning. And that's no offense to the Cowboys. Shouts out to Cooper Rush. Uh, Shouts out to that defense. The defense that Michael Parsons looks like he is arguably one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, I give the Cowboys kudos for winning the game, but. When you spend so the biggest problem that plagued the Bengals all season, even into the Super Bowl, was their offensive line. Hell, their offensive line was the biggest reason they lost the Super Bowl. And they do everything that they have to do. They 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 address their offense. They get uh, Lionel Collins, Lionel Collins. They 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 get pieces. Thinking. That all right, things would be different now. Now you know we got the offensive line settled. You still have Jesse Bates the third in in the defense. We're gonna be all right. And in two games, in two games, he has been sacked thirteen times. 
And like I said last year, a lot of it is him is is the defense. I mean, is the offensive line. It's not him. And what that's doing, outside of you know beating up Joe Burrow and 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 you know getting him on the ground, what that's doing is it's affecting his mindset to the game. And you can see it. And what I mean by that, now you start to question what you're seeing. Now you're starting to rush yourself when you don't have to rush yourself. Now you you don't have the most accurate passes because you're rushing, because you feel the heat. Even if there is no heat, you feel heat barreling down on you because of how many times you've been sacked. You don't feel comfortable enough to sit in the pocket because you can't feel comfortable enough to sit in the pocket because you keep getting sacked. I don't want a, uh, another Andrew Luck situation. I don't know if Joe Burrow's type person is retired, but yo, he's on pace to like get sacked like a hundred plus times this year, and this is after being sacked a a a, a ton last year. You see, football is a string. It's a chain. I say that. A chain. And you're only as strong as your weakest link. Meaning, say the offensive line, which is the Bengals. The offensive line is their weakest point. That means the off the the court the wide receivers aren't going to be as good because the quarterback can't be as good because he doesn't have time to operate. He doesn't have time to work. Meaning the offense as a whole is not going to be that good, so the defense has to be on longer than they should have to be. So they get tired and they don't look but It's all a chain. And right now the Bengals' weakest link is their offensive line again. And their offensive line actually looks worse this year than it did uh, last year. I'm not saying they're not going to turn it around as far as the Bengals. I don't think, you know, they're 0-2. I think that they're going to turn around and win some games. I believe in Joe Burrow. I believe in this wide receiver core. I believe in the running back core or running back. Question still on Zach Taylor, but if this offensive line doesn't get better, there is absolutely no hope to win the Super Bowl. They didn't win the Super Bowl last year. They made it. They didn't win. There's no hope. None. So, the Broncos beat the Texans uh, 16-9. The Broncos don't look good at all. I'll be real with you. And and I have been a huge Russell Wilson fan, huge Russell Wilson champion. Russell Wilson has not looked good in the slightest. He's looked terrible. He, You can tell he has absolutely no... Um, camaraderie with his with his uh with his wide receiver core he they have no chemistry at all and we really need i know it's just two games in but we really need to start looking at nathaniel hackett because this is the same nathaniel hackett that a lot of the offense for the you know Offensive blunders for the Packers and the playoffs was was his call. And this Broncos offense looks horrible. You bring in Nathaniel Hackett because you think that he's going to be just 
incredible uh, offensive or incredible offensive mind, and he hasn't. The Broncos' offense looks horrible. Russell Wilson has been bad. The running game has been bad, even with Javante Williams. The wide receiver core has been bad. I know Judy got hurt, and I think he's be all right, but nothing about this Broncos team has been good except their defense a little bit. Patrick Sertan has been good. Chubb has been good. But the thing that plagued him last year, which was penalty after penalty after penalty, we're seeing this year, even with a new head coach. So Russell Wilson has not been looked has not been looked has not looked good, period. I'll be real with you. He hasn't. He's looked god awful. A person that that champions Russell Wilson, he looks terrible. The Bears, I mean, no, the Packers beat the Bears 27 to 10. It's the Bears. I know the Bears just beat the 49ers. This the Bears. I don't really take much out of this win for the Packers. Uh one thing that I did see, however, was the only time Aaron Rodgers threw a deep ball. It seemed like it was uh Sammy Watkins. Oh, it was the veteran, Sammy Watkins. Um it just it, he still does not trust the the rookie wide receivers. I mean, I know he had a lot of uh, gadget plays, but he does not trust the 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 the, the core. Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb, and and Sam Watkins were the only one really getting deep balls. Even Robert Tanyan wasn't really getting looked at like that. So I don't take much out of this win from the Packers because the Bears are not good. Uh, yeah. The Bills, Monday Night Football, the Bills destroyed the Titans uh, 41 to 7. Shouts out to Sports PSP. Uh, he did a video proclaiming that the best quarterback to wide receiver duo is uh, Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs. I can't really, com- you know, I can't combat that right now. It just, I mean, the proof's in the point. What, Stephon Diggs had like four, three or four touchdowns on Monday night. The Texans, boy. I mean, the Titans, man, look. When, when, when Derrick Henry is not having a good game, the Titans as a whole are not having a good game. It goes back to the chain I talked about. When Derrick Henry's not having a good game, which he did not have in the slightest, it. Mm-mm. And this is yet another example that I, yo, the Bills look unstoppable. Now you know I hope what's his name Johnson he got hurt he got I know that they say I think he got released from the hospital so he's doing better, but I know Micah High got hurt. There was there was a lot of injuries in this game. But it look, boy, the Bills look unstoppable. And I said shouts out to Sports PSP because I tend to agree at this point. I don't know a better duo as far as quarterback wide receiver duo right now in the league than Stephon Diggs and 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 what and uh Josh Allen. I would say a good rival. To that, and it's not really a wide receiver, but a good rival to that would be Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. But 
the explosiveness that Stefan Diggs has compared to the arm that Josh Allen has, it's I agree with you, brother. I agree with you. And the Vikings, um, the Vikings lost to the Eagles 24-7. to I will be the first to admit that I, I, I could possibly, I'll say it. I'm going to say it. I was wrong about Jalen Hurts. Now, I'm not saying, I was wrong about Jalen Hurts. I w- I questioned his passing ability. Now, I do want to see what he looks like, you know, further in the season as as we get closer to the end of the season, get closer to the playoffs. But Jalen Hurst has looked incredible. Jalen Hurst has looked incredible. He looked incre- he looked the connection between him and AJ Brown already is clicking. Um he is finding receivers. He's throwing dimes. He looks he is he got stronger. He's dragging people. Jalen Hurts has been incredible. Jalen Hurts, I will say, from these first two games, even if Dak Prescott was healthy, Jalen Hurts looks like the best quarterback in the NFC East. Jalen Hurts has been that good. And the Eagles look like the best team by far in the NFC East. And a lot of people think that the Eagles can be – I think they're good enough to make the Super Bowl. I don't know if they will – but I think that they're good enough to make the Super Bowl. I think their Super Bowl viability depends on Jalen Hurts. And if the Jalen Hurts that we continue that we've seen this year continues throughout the season and, and moving into the playoffs, this team will make it to the Super Bowl. That's I was wrong about Jalen Hurts. I will admit it. I will admit it. He looked good. And and Kirk Cousins, bright like Kirk Cousins. Shrinks like honey, I shrunk the kids. It just he looked horrible. He looked horrible. So there you have it, man. That's been uh that's been the week two games. So let's move forward. I'ma keep this short and brief. This is yet another year. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. This is yet another year that the Angels do not make it to the playoffs. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, Jalen, why why is it that why is it that big of a deal that the Angels don't make it to the playoffs again? Well, I'll tell you why. The Angels arguably have the two best players in baseball. All around players. Because I know Aaron Judge has been great. I know uh Mookie Betts has been great. Homie from the Braves, I forgot his name. He's been great. No, I'm not tra- talking about Freddie Freeman. He plays for the for the uh, Dodgers. Now I'm talking about the other dude. I forgot his name. When healthy, show Mike Trout and show Shohei Otani are arguably the best two players in baseball. They're, they're, they they say a lot of people, including myself, think that Otani is already better than the great Babe Ruth. And Mike Tra- Trout will go down as one of the best. Mike Trout, in my opinion, when you think about comparisons, I look at Mike Trout the same way I look at Aaron Rodgers. While, as now, no, Mike Trout doesn't have a championship or doesn't have a World Series, but 
a lot of people think that Aaron Rodgers could be the greatest talent that the NFL has seen at the quarterback position. A lot of people think Mike Trout can be one of the best talents that we've seen in baseball. He just, due to injuries, due to the, the, the lack of team success, he just doesn't have accolades. Like, Aaron Rodgers has nowhere close to the accolades that Tom Brady has, but there's people that still say he's the greatest thrower of the football. You have two of the best, arguably best players in baseball, and you get eliminated. You have not been to the playoffs in years. I mean, at this point, you're keeping you're keeping these two for 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 tickets. Because there's no way, no way. You can have these two players and and be as awful as you are. Be that 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 under five hundred, that much under five hundred. Ain't no way, bro. Ain't no way, boy. Mm. I think you should trade them. At least allow them to compete for a championship. It man sucks. Feel bad for him, man. I feel bad for. They kind of remind me of you know, uh, Damian Lillard. Kind of remind me of when uh, Allen Robinson was good for on the on the um on the Bears. Oh, Megatron, Megatron, and Matthew Stafford were on the Lions. Free that man. Free them men. <laughs> Free them. So. Let's move forward. Uh, the NBA PA and the NBA are in serious talks about changing, um, you know, having some changes to the collective bargaining agreements. Uh, one of the requirements or one of the things that they're trying to change is allowing people, you know, the age requirement, I think, is 19 at this point, but lowering it to 18, uh, which I, I understand. People are better. I mean, kids are better this year or better now than they were back then. So, that just because you're 18 doesn't mean that you're not meant well you're not ready for the nba so i i don't have a problem with that and another thing that they're arguing is allowing mental health to be an injury uh that can cause you to miss games meaning it is justified like you can put on the injury report mental health issues and it's it goes as an injury I respect it. I have no problem with it uh, because mental health is a serious thing, and a lot of people do struggle with mental health. One, the only thing that I'm nervous about and and very cautious about is I don't want people to take advantage of that. Like I don't want people to say, "Oh, my mental health is messed up." I'll be real with you. I could be wrong, and I've said this before, so I could be wrong. This is my opinion. I think the Ben Simmons situation, I think Ben Simmons has, uh, I think that he is kind of embellished when we talk about the whole mental health situation and not playing. I could be wrong, but that's my opinion. I, I just think, I don't, I don't think that he's really dealing with mental health issues to a point where he can't even touch a basketball after signing X amount of, X amount of millions to to play so I just don't want that 
to get taken advantage of to the point where the next collective bargaining agreement, you have to take it out because players are clearly taking I don't want them to be like, all right, well, we're not going to tank, but we're not playing due to mental health because mental health is a serious thing. Very serious. I understand. That's all I'm saying. So I think that I think that it'll get passed because, you know, mental health is, is more serious now than it was back then. And we have more research about it and and people take it more seriously. So I do understand. I do respect that that will be our if they if they come to an agreement that will be in the next collective bargaining agreement. And I, I, I you know, kids are better. Kids are better these days. So. An eight, I've seen 18-year-olds do windmills or 18-year-olds do between-the-leg dunks and, and go crazy. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see how an 18-year-old can't make an NBA. And for people to say, what about college? If you're that serious about college, you can do online classes. So, But, yeah, that's that's that, man. And lastly, before we go, um, I wanted this to be... I guess in this on a cautionary tale. Now, Monty Bates, who was a young, uh, young college college player, he was uh, a couple years ago. He was projected to be to go when he is ready for the NBA. Projected to go number one. Um, he went to Memphis. That didn't work out. I think he's in Eastern Michigan uh, at this point. Still incredible at basketball. He he does a lot of the. Um, the the zero dark thirty uh runs that be up in New York. I don't remember exactly what it's called, maybe zero runs or something like that. He was just arrested. Uh he was arrested in possession of two weapons. It was a traffic stop. There was two weapons. I think the IDs were scraped off. He was arrested. And this is more of a cautionary tale, man. And again, I don't know what's going to come out of this. He, he could, it could just be a slap on the wrist. Yeah, I don't know what's going to come out of this. But I will say this. Whether something serious happens from this or not, be careful about the decisions that you make. All it takes is one bad decision. Not even just from you, but one bad decision from somebody else that can completely alter your life, somebody else's life. Imagine if he, he goes to jail. This has already affected him. I'll say this. Even if nothing happens, I put money his draft stock is going to, to fall because of this. He can have an incredible year at Eastern Michigan. His draft stock is going to fall because of this. Costing him money. Hell, he may even get undrafted. I don't know. All I'm saying is be careful about the decisions that you make. Every single decision comes, every cause comes with an effect. Every decision comes with a consequence, whether the consequence is good or bad. Every decision. And understand, just because you flew by or just because something didn't happen this time doesn't mean it won't happen a next time. You see, I don't know what's going to happen to Imani Bates. Hell, maybe nothing. But what if something does happen? What if now he has to go to jail instead of getting arrested? 
or instead of instead of getting drafted. All because you wanted to get into a car with weapons. Be careful about the decision that you make and the people that you hang around. I know that this, it sounds cliche. But if you look at all successful people, everyone that you think you deem is successful, every person that you deem successful, one thing that they've always said is you have to reevaluate. Every time I see someone that is successful and I listen or I read about what they did to be or get successful, one of the recurring steps is to evaluate who is around you. Evaluate not only who is around you, but evaluate what their intentions are around you. And if they're not elevating you, if they're not adding to your life, if they're not improving your life, then they're then they're taking away from you. They're subtracting. And there's no and 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 that's not going to get you to your to the found destination that you want to be or that you're called to be. Just be careful, man. And there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. At multiple different colors, multiple di- different designs. It's getting cold out there, so go get your hoodies today. Go get your Unpopular merch today. Also, please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. I appreciate everyone that comments on my videos, whether they're positive comments or not. I appreciate you commenting. Uh, I definitely respond. Please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm trying to grow the podcast. I'm trying to get more people to watch uh, or listen. So I can't do it without you guys' help. And until next time, much love. If I die, I still go out the realest. He want to talk, I just don't get it. This our only difference. The shots I said don't come on Insta, come in five, five, sixes. You've been a bitch, but since that BP hit, you think you lit. I built this shit up brick by brick, my name ain't on no list. I'm still on fish, you might get hit on if you like his pick. Whole time she put you in a twist, you try and wipe his bitch. I'm from the brick, so I'll be cool with whatever I get. Before I did it, niggas barely knew Louisville exists. Niggas spoiled me and be selling boy off our flips. Riata block, we threw a blood, but the island was Crips. So we cropped niggas out to pick who couldn't coexist. I never did it for no fame, but acknowledge I'm lit. Look at my chain and say get killed for a robbery attempt. He know he gotta say my name for a song to get clicked. Look like she hurts you every day, they say life is a bitch. What's the name went against the grain, why his tire got flipped? Get your head split to concrete, see who you had problems with. We the mob and we rich Came too far to just quit Came up all of my wrist Quarter of raw to a split Turn a split to a brick Turn a brick into ten Then we do it again Double back, do it again Ain't no limit ballin' till I fall Destined to be the greatest Yeah, the writing's on the wall 29, you come and get it I bring it 30 G's The real snowfall Just know you gon' need some skis The chopper saw wood handle Just minus the leaves Can make them need us do some things You wouldn't believe The way I had the block flooded Thought I had a boat I flipped them bricks I'm talking spicy I'm the curry goat Them fumes coming from the kitchen Lot of 
first million, felt it in my soul. Scheming on my second million, got that in my bowl. Bald head, no sense, and powers in my fork. Same stove, same kitchen, granny cooked that pork. I'm in my auntie Nissan, yeah, I'm on a mission. That weight so heavy in the back, it might just need suspension. I'm in that kitchen, whip it smoother than a Cadillac. I'm dropping 62, trying to get a hundred back. Like an artifact I'm trying to hold my vision While I'm ripping on this vision Lord knows I just hope the big homie listening Heavenly Father Give me grace while I'm making this play Wish I could make a hundred million Just call it a day Money in the safe so long I forgot the code Apartment in my daddy name That's the high to low Don't compare me to trappers Nigga, compare me to greats Pablo died on the rooftop That ain't my fate Chopo got life, he ain't never getting out. I did it in some L1, fuck we talking about. My uncle did 20 years, got nothing to show. I got four million in cars with nowhere to go. Yeah, look, I'm on another level, talking another devil. Joe Pesci in casino, yeah, I need another shovel. For the niggas like G, for the niggas like me. The realest nigga in the room, I should charge you a fee. Snow.